0: Darkcast Network, the light shines brightest on our
1: indie podcasts.
2: Hanny, are you going to be focused for this episode? Absolutely not. So what can we expect from you? You can
1: expect hot takes, you can expect rad facts, and you can also (laughs) expect that at any time I am addressed, it will take several seconds for me to respond because I will probably be playing solitaire on my phone.
0: You are the are you going to be worst? spitting hot facts, Annie? Yeah, yeah.
3: I like the rad facts. I think that's my favorite part of all that. You know, I had this thought
2: to myself when I was doing cleanup earlier, which was, why am I putting this much effort? Because I like spent hours on this thing, and it's like one of my favorite cases. And I was like, Oh, boy, you really are setting yourself up for rip failure. this apart. I know. I don't even know why I'm bothering. I should just give <laughs> you guys a loose outline and a Wikipedia, a Wikipedia page and just see what happens. That's
0: what I was uh, promised, I feel like.
2: I don't think that's true at all. I, did, I didn't know I was going to be
0: reading anything until I saw my name in the script.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think I did actually... Lie to you now that I think about it.
0: I think you directly lied to me. I
3: actually think I did. Hanny, I just have to say, I'll literally never forget when we did the sleep out and your hair
1: oh Oh, my god i forgot about that (laughs) i was standing like in the fire most of it to be fair like i was very cold and the fire was very warm
3: no okay this this has to be edited out (laughs) this has to be edited out
1: how how dare you tell me how to do my (laughs) job ash i cannot believe you would stifle chris's creativity in
2: 1971 a boeing airliner would be overtaken on a routine flight out of the west coast The man who hijacked an entire plane and then disappeared without a trace would go down in history as a folklore hero, but no one knew who he actually was. It was almost like the man who had hijacked an entire plane of people had never actually existed. It was like he was a real-life ghost. No records were found, and even though authorities followed up on the case, and still do to this day, They never found anything that would lead to the identity of the mysterious plane robber. Welcome to Crime Time Nerds Unsolved Heist. Today, we're going to examine the story of D.B. Cooper. With that said, we have some very special guests here to join us for the examination of this mysterious unsolved case of an airjacking by D.B. Cooper back in 1971. So we just want to welcome both my little brother... And my surrogate little brother to the show, which would be Hanny and Chris. up, nerds. <laughs> wow, you waited the whole time to do that, didn't you? Uh,
1: I had, like, a whole bunch of other stuff I wanted to interject with, and I kept myself on mute for, like, That's for once the in my life. best.
2: So that's the illustrious voice of my younger brother. That would be the Hanny. And then his cohort in troublemaking is Chris, who is also our lovely, lovely editor of the show. Uh, Chris puts up with a lot of crap, so <laughs> we thank him for everything he does. <laughs> Welcome to this
0: episode of First Encounter. We're joined by two guests. Uh, would you like to introduce yourselves, Nat and Ash?
2: I'm Nat, and I'm in charge of all of this.
1: Ah, oh,
2: <laughs> And I'm Ash,
1: the co-host.
2: That's not true, Hanny. Can't
1: believe that you were finally able to join us on a, one of our podcast episodes. Thank you so much for being here, Nat and Ash. Would,
0: would you like to uh, introduce yourselves to our audience? Such <laughs> yeah. Such. Why don't you uh, tell us how you met each other?
2: Uh, I. Yeah. All right. We oh, didn't have a choice. Oh, me and Ash.
0: <laughs> it was legally required.
2: <laughs> Actually. It was legally required for poor- Ash never got to choose who her sister-in-law was.
1: Oh, I was thinking about this while I was kicking dinner. Is Ash my sister-in-law too? Is that
2: how that works?
3: You know, that's tough. I don't know how that works. I don't think technically.
1: I'll allow it.
2: All right. (laughs) Chris is my brother-in-law. Chris is my brother in arms. I'm Hanny's godfather. Also that- I was going to say you were Hanny's babysitter more than anything. (laughs) My Wrangler. That's true.
0: It's unfortunate that I'm so bad at my job
2: <laughs> wriggling him yeah i, I will ima- not be contained that's true i can't imagine editing his shit i really can't neither no, no, really. honestly <laughs> <laughs> you make him do the cuts at least right because like that's a lot no, no if i made him do the cuts then there wouldn't be any cuts <laughs> <laughs> so i think i should call out that you guys fired us from spilled potion
1: Listen, this is true. That's Listen. true. <laughs> Listen,
2: <laughs> we asked
0: you to contact our lawyers about that. Yeah. This, this feels like entrapment.
2: We haven't actually <laughs> met, we have not formally mentioned that we have a new network, but i felt like this was the time with the both of you on here to, to I throw feel like that
1: out this is
2: there. guilt trip 100%. It is that like you guys fired no, no, no. us. Is this our invite? Are you bringing oh, yeah. us on? I is mean, this how we join? You can join. Absolutely, I'm sure. Uh, f- welcome to First Encounter,
1: now a true crime podcast, where we <laughs> wage crimes against video games.
2: Are there, like, <laughs> crime video games?
1: Uh, yeah, lots. Oh, boy. Ooh. Uh, Chris is currently committing crimes against The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask.
2: Oh, mm. is that what you guys are playing right now? It let is. is. Let's, let's do a little plug for your actual show. How about that? Oh. Oh, this feels like a lead-in. Chris, would you
1: like to to plug?
0: Oh, don't mind if I do. You know how much I love that.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, we
0: uh, have first encounter, play video games. One of us introduces the other to one of our favorite games of all time, and I'm currently just wrecking the Legend of Zelda Majora's mask.
1: <laughs> I would say world record, one hundred percenter, best of all time. Yeah, just nailing every single beat. So not he's, spending seven hours in a temple. That gonna is going to say he's getting no, destroyed. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> I watched in a mm-hmm. in a not speed run today that took eight minutes. Oof, listen, <laughs> Oof,
2: friend.
0: Listen, we have fun. It was a water temple.
1: <laughs> it was.
0: You can take the next temple.
3: Ooh. You would need to put out a disclaimer. If there is any harm against your ears, it is not Ash and Nat's fault.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got request to make dolphin noises. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, I'm really good at making dolphin noises. Oh,
2: it's fine. Oh, I would love to hear those. I heard a request. It's really Let's okay. Hear it. It's a request. Ah! Oh my god. <laughs> What is that sound? That's alarming.
0: Uh, so
2: it was Henny will be reading
0: <laughs> Henny will be reading his part of the no. script uh, as Dolphin. No. Please don't.
2: <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: We cannot subject our <laughs> listeners to this. <laughs> I mean...
2: Uh, it's too late. You invited us. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's actually really fun to actually be able to do a case with you guys. And so Heist Month lent itself to some comedic capers, if you will. Uh, I was pretty proud of that comedic capers thing. That's pretty you know? good. Yeah. You Very nicely. Those. You
3: love
1: that. Yeah. Well uh, executed. I like that. I You're like welcome. that. That was good. You're welcome. Yeah. I was pretty proud <laughs> of it. Here at the... Here at the Crime Encounter podcast, we, <laughs> podcast. we 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 stand uh, pos- positivity about uh, line reads. Oh,
2: that's like kind of almost backwardly sweet. Can't, yeah, I can't yeah.
1: believe that came out of your mouth, Annie.
2: I can't either. I don't trust you. All right, let's talk about
1: DB Cooper. Yeah,
2: can we take this oh, seriously? yeah, sorry. Please, we got to focus on the DB Cooper. So, speaking of DB Cooper. What is each of you's first experience with the story of DB Cooper? How did you first hear about it?
1: Ah, Chris, may I? May I? Oh, please, every time. I'd <laughs> like you all to come with me on a trip oh, back Lord. in time
2: to <laughs> oh, Wait, let me, a year. Let me
0: close my eyes and start visualizing. Yeah,
2: let me let me paint you a picture. I feel like we need like a. Oh well, <laughs> it'll be
1: there. Uh, <laughs> I promise the person not editing this. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. A simpler time, a mm. younger time, mm. about eighteen-ish years ago. Yes, in the magical time year of our Lord, two thousand four. Honey, me, hot, fresh, thirteen-year-old. Oh my god,
2: that hurts my soul Coolest that you were dude 13. on earth
1: was big fan of what we would call stupid movies, and <laughs> the hit stupid movie of two thousand four was a great film starring Matthew Lillard, <gasps> Seth Green, and Dax Shepard called Without a Paddle. Oh, where
4: hell yeah. That's such a three good childhood movie.
1: friends reunite after the death of their fourth friend to fulfill their childhood aspirations of finding D.B. Cooper's crash site and mm. uh, therefore his lost treasure. Ever since that movie, which I still watch I all watch the time. Because I love that Ma- movie. Matthew Lillard and Seth Green and Dax Shepard are all incredible so, actors. So funny. Uh, particularly Matthew Lillard. I just went through a whole rewatch of the Scream series. That's what, what, a, what I was a, doing. I'm What starting a hero. That, I, I love like that him. man. <laughs> so good. But regardless, uh, I heard about it from Without a Paddle. Uh, I was 13. I was kind of like, oh, that's a fun like thing for a story. And then uh, this was when I was starting to get into the internet. Mm. Uh, Wikipedia was fledgling young website at this point, oh, but it uh, was one I frequented to try and learn uh, little bits about things. And I looked into Without a Paddle, and then it linked to D.B. Cooper, and then I went down a wiki rabbit hole of that. And um, yeah, I've been a huge fan of the case ever since. Uh, I think it's I think it's a, a pretty fun one to follow um, yeah. and make conjecture about. I, I doubt it will ever be solved, but... Um, no,
2: I don't want it to be
1: solved. No, that takes the magic away. It
2: takes the magic away a little bit. But
1: yeah, that's me. What about you, Chris? Well, I don't remember when I first heard
0: about it. The only thing I can really say is I'm a big fan of uh, his movie. Same, and we will get that. I don't want to step on Hanny's toes. Yeah, because he's got he he wants to touch on that in his own words.
2: Oh God, yeah, <laughs> I know, I'm concerned uh, what you all have done to this
0: excellent director, writer, producer, like all the above, Wait, just what? perfection. That's all you can really <laughs> yeah, say.
1: Agreed. Oh uh, God. Oh my what? God! I can't believe you've done this. This
0: is highly
1: unprofessional. This is- <laughs> You're paying us Oopsie. 3 grand per hour for this? That's that's not <laughs> our, true. I'm not
2: paying our you guys agent.
1: shit. We'll never
0: work with you again. <laughs> Do you, actually,
2: that's not true. Do you Chris not care is, that we're
0: paid by Chris the is actually
2: paid by the yeah, minute. Fair. Keep that in mind, you guys. <laughs> actually,
1: literally, yes, I am.
2: <laughs> Time is money. Time is money. Right.
1: So, Chris, what you're saying is I should keep rambling.
0: Oh, what yeah, a 100%. shame that this episode is going to be 48 hours long. Oh,
1: no.
2: I'm like, Chris, I need to go take out a loan to pay you this week. <laughs> it's fine. No, we're just going to find D.B. Cooper's money. That's true. Yeah, there you go. Speaking mm-hmm. of D.B. Cooper's money, Ash, how did you hear about this story?
3: Uh, well, <laughs> you're going to be so upset with me. Oh,
2: you've never heard this story I before. Because I actually
3: didn't – I didn't know about the story until Hanny was just like, oh, without a paddle. <laughs> <laughs> Ash! Because I love Dak Shepard and I've been, I, like, obviously I love Without a Paddle and I didn't even connect the dots. Oh!
1: <laughs> love it. Yeah. Love it. Also, Dak Shepard is just so great. I mean, idiocracy. He is oh really really funny. Let's Let go that. to prison
2: and, Without a uh, Paddle. I like so Dak Shepard a lot.
3: And he has his own podcast and his own podcast is pretty funny. It's wicked good, Ooh.
2: yeah. If you haven't listened mm-hmm. to it, it's really good. I like his.
3: He talks about Vermont in it and it's like huh. a young escapade that he had <laughs> it's pretty funny that sounds um, all right. but yeah i didn't connect the dots and nat's been talking about this heist for a while now and i've been on a yeah. heist
2: kick i've been obsessed yeah, you've been on
3: a heist kick and i knew about the gardener but i didn't know too much about this one
2: so Ooh, mm-hmm. i like it so i'll share mine it's an old one but when we were Kids, We had these books called the Time Life series books and they were like all these like paranormal stories and adventures and there was one that was called Vanishings and I'm almost positive that was the one that had the story of D.B. Cooper and his money in it and I loved the story. There's an
1: illustration in that book of a yeah. man with, it's like a silver drawing and he has sunglasses and that that yes. image lives rent free in my head forever. forever. And that means I probably read it in that before Without mm-hmm. a paddle, actually, because I just Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say that,
2: but I didn't I, think you remembered no, it. No,
1: not until you started talking about it. Um, most of the time, life books uh, that are in my head these days are regarding either Mothman Prophecy oh, yeah, that was or good too. Um, Oak Island, but Oak that's Island. for a different podcast.
2: Uh, Oak I Island. love Oak Island. I'm obsessed <laughs> with that story. I wish that was a heist. I feel like eventually we'll find out it was, but for now it's not. So... Wait, did Chris actually give his... No, he was being snarky. Did he actually... No, would you like to explain
0: how you first uh, came to learn about D.B. Cooper? He
2: did. What are you doing? <laughs> are you... Chris is paid by the minute. He's getting oh, paid lost. is what he's doing. <laughs> I'm like, I see uh, no, the I'm... grins and the Hanny giggling, and I'm like, what is so funny to... <laughs> that,
0: literally, what I said is all I know about D.B. Cooper. Like, I know the story. I know who he is, but I don't know where I heard I... it. And Fair. Never really...
2: And Chris is like, and I don't f***ing care about it. He's like, whatever, you guys told me I had to do this, and so I did. (laughs) He's just here because of the booking fee. (laughs) (laughs) He knew he could put Annie on a mic and just extend this out. (laughs) All right, Ash, you have one job here.
3: Oh, God, don't even... Take us home. Take us home and get us on track.
0: Did you not know you were reading the entire script by yourself?
3: (laughs) Jeez. all right, let's get into it. <laughs> and with wow. that, Nardling, like, it's time.
1: Jeez.
0: The she energy. So,
1: the
3: energy. is fucking Raw. over our shit. Oh, my goodness. Okay, all right. <sighs> Seriousness now. Focus, Ash. That's me hitting my cheeks. Okay. Oh, yeah.
2: And um, side note, before we get going, though, um, feel free to interrupt and comment. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> oh. So you're welcome. All right. <laughs> Okay, sorry. (laughs) We're going to lose her.
3: Okay, okay, okay. okay.
2: This is very
0: exciting to witness it all live. Oh, to
2: see what happens? Because it's a hot mess, Chris. I only ever hear it, but this is Yeah, this is everything that you have (laughs) to deal with. We just don't get to leave you messages this time.
3: All right, let's start digging into this case. And with that, nerdlings, it's time to leave the light, grab our boarding passes and our luggage, as we hop on that now infamous 747 flight from Oregon to Seattle, Washington, Back in 1971. Did you hear that? Beautiful. Okay.
2: Nailed
0: it. <laughs>
3: oh my God. 100%. That
0: was the best line you've ever read, Ash.
3: It was incredible. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> in 1971, an unknown man with the moniker D.B. Cooper would hijack a Boeing airplane flight for $200,000 ransom. Then he would disappear mid flight. After parachuting from the flight, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I told you to get stage fright when there's other people here.
1: Do you want us to turn the mic our uh, cameras off?
3: No, it's like, fine. Do that. I'm because I'm honestly looking at my um at my phone. I'm not looking at it. I should my not know. even I'm paying attention. attention.
1: <laughs> I will not turn my camera off, Hanny.
3: <laughs> I am not even looking at you guys, okay? <laughs> Chris
1: Chris needs to make eye contact the entire time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll get this. I'll get this. In 1971, an unknown man with the moniker D.B. Cooper would hijack a Boeing airplane flight for $200,000 ransom. Then, he would disappear mid-flight after parachuting from the plane. The case remains the only unsolved commercial airline hijacking to this day. It is also the stuff of legend at this point in time, and one of those rare stories where the bad guy is maybe a bit of a folk hero at this time. Welcome to our second episode in Heist Month, where we tackle just who D.B. Cooper, the mysterious airline hijacker, was. On November 24th, 1971, a man calling himself Dan Cooper arrived at the Oregon airport and purchased one flight ticket under the name he was calling himself. Keep in mind that this was 1791, what? and no one had to show I ident- what? Oh, I said 1791. <laughs> in
2: 1791, D.B. Cooper- Flew out of a tree. <laughs>
0: what? Yeah,
2: right. They have planes. He had to fly out of a tree. Yeah,
0: right. yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. They, they did have flying trees. That's yeah, cool. legit. That's, true. That's a thing. They're called sleds, sets.
3: Keep in mind that this was 1971, and no one had to show identification to board a plane. It was a very different world back then for airline flights and travel. The man paid eighteen dollars and fifty-two cents in cash for a one-way ticket from Portland to Seattle on Northwest Orient Airlines Flight Three Hundred Five. Sorry, <laughs> that threw me off. Can you imagine only paying eighteen bucks for an airline ticket? <laughs> Sorry, not. <laughs> Can I just not say that?
2: Oh no! I was just throwing it in there as like a a thought point.
0: a little, a little fun prompt.
2: A little, mm-hmm. a little fun prompt. Nothing, nothing. You have to say no. One of you guys say it. Oh, I can say it. Okay. What? You're being so shy tonight. <laughs> I know. What
0: airplane tickets cost in 1971 <laughs> will blow your mind. Oh my god! <laughs> you won't believe.
3: <laughs> well, in Europe, it's only like I think you can fly. I was looking into it like from Ireland to Spain for like 40 bucks. Are you serious? Mm hmm.
2: Oh, we have a ripoff going on, man.
1: I took an airplane from London to Dublin and it was like 40 like quid.
2: Oh my God. <laughs> it's yeah. time to
0: take this show on the road.
1: I just like, yeah, paid, I paid cash <laughs> for it at the airport because I was like, yeah, right. it was like taking a bus rather than taking a plane.
2: I mean, I think I need to move to Europe now.
3: So what, Crime Time Encounters takes Dublin? <laughs> takes Dublin.
2: I could do that. Yay! Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I don't see a downside to that. Crime Time Encounter is our new name.
1: First Crime Encounter?
2: First there you crime go. Encounter. Ooh, that's we
0: actually kind of good. We just go around doing petty crime.
2: <laughs> Wait, how did this become you guys go around and do petty crime? crime.
1: No, no, you're with us. What about crime in the first degree?
0: Uh, <laughs> if anyone asks, you're the instigator, Nat.
2: I I don't know. I feel like I'm actually a goody two shoes in real life.
0: Yeah, I feel like Hanny is too. So
2: yeah, I really
0: yeah. Am.
3: We
2: both are. We're like super. I
3: believe in karma too much. So Chris, it's just you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so eighteen dollars.
3: <laughs> a- eighteen dollars. Okay, yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> It'd be nice to only pay that. <laughs>
3: The man settled into his seat on the plane and didn't draw very much attention to himself at all. That was until after the flight took off. During the in-flight service, the man ordered a bourbon and soda. He smoked cigarettes, and then the man gave a flight attendant a note. The note had said that he had a bomb and that this was in fact a robbery. The man would go on to show the flight attendant a case. Inside the case contained wires and red sticks. From an observer's point, the case held a bomb. And this hijacker had managed to just take full control of a 747 Boeing airliner. The plane's captain was made aware of the hijacker's demands. $200,000 in $20 bills, as well as four parachutes, two for his back, two for his front.
1: That's, is that how parachutes work? That is not how parachutes work. I'm, you got quadruple this. up on him. I'm reading this, and then I went to go check, and I'm still not even remotely sure why this dude asked for four parachutes. I don't
0: actually. Well, you know, it was I had two for his front, two for his was... back. Anywhere you're not listening? Well,
1: two hundred thousand dollars in bills is quite a lot of money. I wonder if he parachuted the money down separately like that's probably in a quite a big bag Mm -hmm. and the like force of jumping out of an airplane you couldn't hold onto a bag not
2: with that attitude i imagine okay that's actually a really good point kiddo i hadn't really thought of that i mean it's gotta
1: be the size of like a toddler toddlers need parachutes they don't just like (laughs) float fall and are okay yeah i mean we all float down here do toddlers
3: ever parachute though I mean, uh, I mean,
1: sometimes <laughs> Depends <laughs> depends on if you're a bad parent or not.
2: <laughs> we do not condone that comment uh, uh, again. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was very
0: offensive, Ash. <laughs> Can't believe Ash would if say that. If you would like to podcast. file
2: complaints, please reach out to First Encounter. The email will be in the notes. So, First
3: Encounter, uh what is it? It is uh, did they we, email? We, oh. What's the email?
0: Sorry, you're
1: uh, breaking yeah. up. You're cutting out. Yeah. <laughs>
3: the hate mail first encounter at gmail.com.
1: How would you know our email? Oh, <laughs> can we, make... we should definitely change it to hate mail at firstencounterpodcast.com. Probably. Please
2: don't send me hate mail. I legit will cry. I am a sensitive, sensitive little soul. I do not even <laughs> joke. So back to DB Cooper. <laughs> 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 and his parachute. They still have
3: a podcast, Nat? Like, I don't know if they did.
2: <laughs> we knew when we invited them on what was going to happen. <laughs> we knew. I will say, though, you know, I don't know how much 200000 actually technically would have been back then, but like, I feel like it's the equivalent of like millions today. So,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, the four parachutes is a little strange, but with the extra cash. I could probably see that. Yeah.
2: I kind of liked that. I I had never really thought of that. I like that.
3: You're like, wow, if I were to do this, like, I would definitely. I mean, allegedly,
2: I could never do this because I'm (laughs) legit too terrified of heights. I barely handle one flying. One point four million dollars. It's one point four million dollars in twenty twenty two money. Oh wow! I mean, hey, all right.
1: I prefer the idea. He just chucked the
0: briefcase out. He did strap two parachutes to his front and two to his back, so he was just like spinning through the air (laughs) as the as the parachutes were just like taking one for each
2: limb. (laughs) One for each limb. Just just like a freaking Ferris wheel. Do you think he requested two in case one didn't open? Like that was my thoughts.
1: I mean, I would request four in case one didn't open because I don't like heights and I'm not doing that. So
2: Yeah, like I have this idea. I just pictured that he had them all on him and was just like, one of these is going to well, open. according to your notes, he had two on his front, two on his back. Yeah, that's what he was going to do. That's what they were for. Um, Oh yeah, it's me. <laughs> now things had gotten serious on that flight to Seattle. The crew and the airlines would work together in order to figure out how to meet the mysterious hijacker's demands. Getting the money and parachutes ready took a few hours, and so the flight circled in the air, buying time for the airline to obtain the money and parachutes for Dan Cooper. Eventually, the airline would meet his demands, and so after hours of flying around in the air, the plane was finally in a place to land and obtain the items Dan, or as we all call him now, D.B. Cooper, had demanded.
3: Dun-dun-dun!
2: Dun-dun-dun! The plane was now allowed to land in Seattle and try to disembark the other 36 passengers as well as two of the plane's crew members in exchange for the ransom money and the parachutes. The two pilots, the plane's flight The two pilots, <laughs> this <is> a weird <laughs> sentence. Blah. The two pilots, the plane's flight engineer, as well as one remaining flight attendant, and of course Dan D.B. Cooper. All then would take off once more ransom money and parachutes in hand towards Mexico City, as directed by the hijacker to do. Now that the flight was back up in the air, Cooper demanded that the jet maintain a height of 10,000 feet or lower at a speed under 200 knots. While the crew was in the cockpit flying the... Mm. While the crew was in the cockpit flying the plane to meet the hijacker's demands shut up sorry. ash
3: sorry i'm looking at Hattie's eyebrows
2: i can't what is it Hattie? <laughs> what would you like to say Hattie? <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting I'm, for it. it's just eyebrows <laughs>
1: I, I was just eyebrowsing what's
2: the problem here I, I'm, I'm gonna
0: go pee carry on <laughs> don't stop on my account <laughs> <laughs> i lost my
2: place <laughs> hey. all right cockpit Oh my god! I couldn't handle. You guys must. This is why it takes you all day to do an episode. Yeah. Wait,
3: I really. Okay, at the end of this episode, I have to tell you some 18th century slang that I was looking up uh, last boom. night, and it was hilarious.
2: Yeah, all right. Ash, you
3: are so your brother sometimes.
2: <laughs> that was a very Jay story from Ash. Do we just
3: talk until Chris comes back, and then you start right where you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he would not be shocked. He might actually murder you. <laughs> he might. Here, I'm gonna go because I'm scared of Chris. Remember, we can't piss him off. Unlike Candy, we're not that brave. He edits for us, and we're not losing him. He
1: doesn't have a show without me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that pull. <laughs> also, Chris, love you, baby. Oh yeah, he's gonna listen when to you this. you hear this, Oops,
3: oh I wait, we gotta that. leave
1: Chris
2: messages.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. So this is I do this I do this all the time.
2: We do too. I, uh, we leave him messages. messages Messages.
1: Whenever Chris goes to the restroom. Oh, shh.
2: He's back. Oh,
1: wait. Chris's
0: going to be really
2: disappointed.
0: So, are we done?
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. Finished. Got there. Yeah.
0: I heard Chris is going to be very disappointed.
2: (laughs) You are, because I'm about to start the sentence again. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) We waited for you, friends. We got distracted while you left.
0: I don't believe that for a second.
2: While the crew was in the cockpit flying the plane to meet the hijackers' demands, Cooper then lowered the stairs at the back of the plane, and after a few moments, he jumped out. It is thought that he jumped shortly after 8 p.m. The jet never slowed down and continued to Reno, Nevada, minus its final passenger, Dan D.B. Cooper, as well as the $200,000 and, of course, the parachutes.
1: That's a really long way to travel. Mm Mm-hmm. From the PNW all the way to Mexico City.
2: But he didn't make it to Mexico City.
1: Well, no, but, like, that was his plan. And if if that was his plan, I don't know, I feel like there's, like, $200,000... Probably closer to the border. You know, <laughs> Why like, do you think he like, did
2: like, do it this way? Just, I mean, there's got to be like
1: Rob, like two hundred thousand dollars is an absurd amount of money. Like I'm sure there's that that's just lying around for the stealing in a lot of places. I Why don't wouldn't think that's just, true like,
2: at all because I think we'd all be stealing two hundred thousand dollars right now. I'm trying. No,
1: Henny's thought about this a lot.
0: <laughs> he
2: definitely <laughs> yeah. has. Uh,
1: so here's what I would do. Oh God. All right? <laughs> City Bank of El Paso, dude, It's right on the border,
2: dude. No, Ash and I were former bank tellers. Do not rob banks.
0: <laughs> Come for the I, true crime, stay for the hot oh tips. Oh
2: my yeah. god, this is not how to commit a crime podcast. Do you remember
1: that that show that was super super popular when we were younger? Leverage? No, it was like from was a good. thief or something. That was it was good. like how to. It was a TV show that like was told from, like, thieves about, like, how to, like, break into stuff. And, I don't like, remember this. Do- oh, what the f*** is that called? It was really fun. But...
3: <laughs> you were just watching some underground show that, like... I not- was just watching <laughs> you
1: YouTube uploads not- of people <laughs> actually committing crimes. <laughs> <You're->
3: <laughs> you- <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> you were just getting groomed by, like, bank robbers. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's fine.
0: He's got a <laughs> f- bowl of popcorn just watching security cameras. Yeah, he's
3: cameras. taking yeah. notes,
2: like... <laughs> he's got bullet points. <laughs>
1: It takes a thief. I don't remember that. It takes a thief. It was on the Discovery Channel in 2005
3: to 2007. Huh? It didn't last I'm long. I'm surprised I didn't watch that. <laughs> Two seasons.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm reading the synopsis now, and apparently it was all staged. And um, Aww. I'm you. You can imagine my disappointment. Uh, so I'm gonna go look
2: up Leverage. Oh, dude, you gotta watch Leverage. It's good. Never heard of this.
1: All right, I'm gonna read about this while you're uh,
2: while you're doing <laughs> that's. You do you. That's the professionalism we expect around here. (laughs) As news of the hijacking spread, a report was released that actually mistakenly referred to the hijacker's name as D.B. Cooper instead of the actual name he had used to obtain those plane tickets, which was Dan Cooper. This misnaming would enter the public lexicon and the the nor—and (laughs) the—and the—why can't I say notorious? (laughs)
0: It's pronounced notorious.
2: Notorious. Notorious. Notorious.
1: Notorious.
2: Thugs. notorious.
1: It's biggie, biggie. It's bonin' biggie, biggie. It's bonin' biggie, biggie. Notorious. Just biggie, biggie. I don't notorious. know. I
2: don't know what's happened.
1: Notorious thugs.
2: That's our new intro song. <laughs> You're, You're gonna have just... to
0: license the rights from us.
2: Oh, <laughs> how is this always about money? With you, do well, Talk about We're it. capitalist pig dogs. <laughs> oh my god, Chris, can you please edit that out? Thank you. <laughs> you. You know, asking Chris to
1: edit something out is the automatic trigger to ensure that he will not edit something out. See, right?
2: that's the part that makes me nervous.
1: <laughs> and I saw him unmute and
2: then rebuke after
1: I said it, which makes me think that's exactly what he was gonna say.
2: <laughs> you two are way too insane. It's terrifying.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat>
3: I lost my place.
2: Notorious.
3: Notorious. <laughs> you know when Chris goes <laughs> quiet that we gotta get our shit together? Yeah. <laughs> the misnaming
2: would enter the public lexicon, and the notorious airline hijacker has since become a folk icon, now known as D.B. Cooper. The man who hijacked an airliner didn't physically hurt the plane or the people on board, and then, just as mysteriously, he jumped from the plane, never to be seen or heard from again. Again. Until two thousand six in the hit movie. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> we'll get there.
2: Oh boy. What's the hit movie? Oh we'll get there. I don't we'll know there. where they're going with this. It's fine. There's a well, lot that's of
0: why lead up. That's why we invited you on that. So we could uh
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just like spit out my Dr. Pepper. Now I'm so intrigued by this. I'm, in, it's yeah, like, I'm,
3: intrigued.
2: I'm more intrigued by this than D B Cooper.
3: Oh, Whoa, Whoa, those are some oh, eyes. That
2: is disturbing me. I don't like that. <laughs>
3: we'll
0: get there.
2: Make it go away. Make <laughs> it go away. Uh,
0: please, Nat, this is a vi- uh, audio medium.
2: Yeah. Share some professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hate when...
3: Why do I invite you Wow, to- is this like the first time we've had Chris and Hanny read a script? I'm really Folks. excited for this. Is this the is first- the first fuck okay, up it- I am like... Uh, Banshee laughing. It's
0: my turn now. <laughs> I need you guys to get your <laughs> together.
1: This has the talking pencil
2: class.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, baby, my time to shine.
1: Here you go.
2: Alright, you got this.
1: Red leather, yellow leather, <laughs> oh red leather, yellow leather, God, red leather, do. yellow leather. <laughs>
0: After the hijacking, composite the portraits fuck? of DB Cooper were created.
1: All right.
2: Well, Ash, he's already beat you. He said composite. Composite. Uh, composite. The compost. Which is my favorite Ashism, 100%. Compost. All right. Okay. All composite. Right. All right. Settle down.
1: Settle down,
0: kids. Sorry,
2: focused. <laughs> Eight page script.
0: After the hijacking, composite portraits of DB Cooper were created. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> it's harder than it looks. You guys make it
1: look so easy. Oh, don't we? <laughs> Red leather, yellow leather.
3: How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? <laughs> <laughs> what
2: has
3: happened to this show?
2: <laughs> this is why we only do one of these a year. <laughs> where We're allowed to have this ridiculousness.
0: All right, just just pretend you're reading to Hanny like you normally do.
1: Come on, baby. <laughs>
2: oh, Read
0: to me. Oh, God. After the hijacking, composite portraits of D.B. Cooper were created. The FBI described Cooper as a white male, 6 feet 1 inch tall, 170 to 175 pounds, age mid-40s, olive complexion, brown eyes, black hair with a conventional cut, and parted on the left side. There weren't a ton of markers about him that stood out. For all accounts and purposes, D.B. Cooper looked like anyone else that would have been on the plane that day. The investigators knew that they had only a few pieces of evidence that could give them insight into who the hijacker had actually been. They gathered the clip-on tie that Cooper had been wearing and then seemed to discard before he took his leap of faith off the aircraft, ransom money in
1: tow. Uh,
0: there's a cat on my back. Oh, oh
3: my god, I was wondering what that was.
1: Yeah. Just, just your average <laughs> eldritch horror correcting him from the dark.
3: <laughs> I appreciate that deeply. Wait, what's the cat's name? I just want to
0: know. Uh, Squatch.
3: Squatch? Oh my god, that cat just won my heart.
1: Ask, ask what the other one's name is.
3: Sass?
2: Because she fucking (laughs) loves Sasquatch. Squish. Squish. (laughs) Squash and squish.
0: In recent years, they were actually able to obtain DNA off the tie, but it's remained inconclusive as to who the DNA actually belonged to. They found the cigarette butts from where Cooper had been smoking during the initial leg of the flight. The investigators searched the ground along the flight path in hopes of finding any signs of the hijacker. The FBI would become heavily involved with this case over the years. Agents would interview witness after witness, and suspect after suspect. In total, they would look into 800 possible suspects within the first five years of their investigation into the plane heist. Sadly, not a single suspect ever conclusively fit the profile of men man known only as D.B. Cooper.
2: Boom! (laughs) You sounded good. You know what's annoying is that Chris actually should just read all of our narrations now. that's okay. (laughs) He only had like a couple flub-ups. Way to be the, like, good kid trying to show us up, Chris.
0: I am, I'm a good boy.
2: I don't think that's true. Hey,
0: tell
1: them I'm a good boy. He's a good boy. I'm a good boy. We we get head, pats, and forehead kisses in this house. You have to. Oh, yeah. Or else are you going to know you're a good one?
0: Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't think I remember that at all.
1: That's fine. <laughs> Theory about... How
0: f- dare you?
4: <laughs>
0: Step back, sir. I already got my head pats.
1: <laughs> I was just going to give you your good boy points. <laughs> oh, I would like those. Yeah, my 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 nuggies? Yeah, I'll give you some tendies. Some tendies yeah. with some honey mussy. Hell yeah. Oh what the f- well, is
0: don't happening? Don't be jealous. Theories abound for just what happened to D.B. Cooper and the $200,000 he had managed to jump out of the plane with. Many suspect DB never survived the initial jump, as the conditions for his leap into the sky at 10,000 feet were not conducive to parachuting that night. A storm had been brewing within the flight path, and the winds were said to have been at 200 miles per hour, This could have led to Cooper not being able to properly deploy his parachute after his jump, causing the man and the stolen money to come crashing to the earth. Most certainly, I figured out
1: why he has four parachutes now.
0: Most certainly, causing his death.
3: Wow, you literally just
0: interrupted
1: Chris. Yep, 100%.
0: Welcome to our podcast.
3: (laughs) What did he just say?
2: (laughs) I I said
1: I figured out why he had four parachutes.
2: Why? Oh, why, Annie?
1: did were you not listening
2: to Chris? Because <laughs> of the weather? Yeah, the weather? Oh! The weather? the weather? A
0: parachute a parachute in the pockets worth two in the bush.
2: <laughs> I have heard that. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, back to DB Cooper though. Actually, it's kind of weird. I I don't want to think that he died on the, you know? I don't like that thought.
1: No, no.
2: I really want him to have made it to the bottom, or to the ground, like safely. I just want
1: to sink to the bottom with
2: you. Oh my god, we're still (laughs) getting sued.
0: (laughs) Even if his parachute did open, the parachutes he had been given weren't the type that could be easily steered, which would put Cooper at the mercy of the turbulent weather with little to no control over his descent or landing. Falling in rough, wooded terrain at night is dangerous, particularly for a man wearing just a suit, loafers, and trench coat, and carrying only money. Unless Cooper had changed or stashed gear at his unknown drop location, he would be virtually unprotected against the elements if he did survive the jump.
2: How much of a boss do you think he looked like? Literally. Oh, cool as hell. Right? Like, I was he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> parachuting down yeah. in a.
0: Soaring down in a suit with loafers, just streaming (laughs) dollar bills behind him. Yeah,
1: like... I imagine somehow he stays upright the entire time and he's walking, like, as if he's, like, descending down steps.
2: That's what I picture. He's just, like, a badass. His
0: his hands are in his pocket.
1: Yeah, and he's just, like, well, one hand's in his pocket, the other one's calmly holding a briefcase of 200K. It just,
2: like, (laughs) gently lands and, like, touches to the ground. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, this has got to be, like, the most epic of
1: moments. But always, I've always pictured him wearing Spike Spiegel suit from Cowboy Bebop.
0: (laughs) This is D.B. Cooper, the
1: anime. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Ah, D.B.C., my favorite.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
0: During the hijacking, law enforcement were in the air following the flight when the plane retook off, but those officials didn't see Cooper's jump. There are folks who have become experts and citizen researchers into the D.B. Cooper heist, and there's speculation that perhaps the flight path that investigators assumed Cooper was on at the time of the hijacking wasn't actually the correct one. It's possible that D.B. Cooper actually left the plane at a different time during the flight, which would have been when it was on the western flight path, not the one that it was assumed to be on when it's thought Cooper jumped. If that's the case, then it's possible that investigators were looking in the wrong area for signs of D.B. Cooper in 71. And that would be why they found no signs of the now-notorious hijacker.
3: Hold on, Chris.
0: How dare
3: you? <laughs> <laughs> I love that we all interrupt on Chris. <laughs> What's up? trying to look i'm like wow chris is like reading a lot i can read <laughs> i don't think there's any other names oh wait never mind i see hanny sorry
0: hello i i, oh, no, I Hanny's you. hanny's not gonna read though
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i will be speaking
3: hey i was looking out for you okay i was like <laughs> i don't see hanny's name anywhere but it's because it says suspects hanny, which like, makes total sense.
1: So. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's correct. That's,
1: that tracks. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> in 1980,
0: a boy camping with his family found $5,800 buried in the banks of Washington's Columbia River. The money that was found seems to share the serial numbers on the bills that directly linked them to the D.B. Cooper ransom money. However, the location of this discovery, near Portland, Oregon was several miles from Cooper's suspected jump zone of Ariel, Washington. This means that it wasn't in the initial search zone for Cooper and the money, lending to the possibility that perhaps D.B. Cooper jumped out of the plane at a different time than first thought. It's possible he did in fact survive the jump and then stashed the money until he or someone else retrieved it some months later. Scientists believe it's possible that the money had been in the water for several months due to the growth of algae on the bills. It is thought that it was between the months of May and June in 1972, which would mean it was placed in the water months after the initial hijacking. Then, after it had been submerged, someone had come back and retrieved the money, and then buried it once more. Suspects? Hanny.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm here, right? Crime suspects. How good
0: did it feel when you got away with this Oh,
1: man, I was just... And why
0: have I not seen any of the bills yet? (laughs) Uh, I am... Donating. You know how much I love algae. You know
1: I'm using I'm using <laughs> our uh, our Patreon to slowly launder the money, uh, f- five dollars I mean. every month at a time. So
0: I was wondering why we were doing so well. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's fair. I mean, it, it's fine. C- it's fine. Calm down, calm down, Christopher. Uh, where the f- did my paragraph go? Oh, I deleted Uh-oh. it. Don't worry. Where'd it go? I'm
0: I'm looking at it right now. Just. Control F suspects dash hand. I'm on my phone. Oh my god!
2: <laughs> He's just like I'm screaming like an old man into his <laughs> mic. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm shocked you're even looking.
1: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, I, the only reason I'm looking is because I I want to lead into what I want to say, and this is the easiest yeah, way. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Yep. Since 1971, many men have come under suspicion for possibly being Cooper. I just want to clarify, though, that these are merely theories, and no one has ever formally been charged in the case of D.B. Cooper. Among the suspects are Robert Rockstraw. <laughs> <laughs> Among the suspects are Robert Rackstraw, who was a military veteran with parachute training and was one of the possible
3: suspects- Yay, somebody just this like me! This is bad sentence.
1: hold on. Robert Rackstraw, who was a military veteran with parachute training, was one of the possible suspects in being D.B. Cooper. He was dismissed as a suspect by the FBI over the years, but in 2018, some more evidence was brought forth to draw attention to Robert Rackstraw again. A fellow military veteran of Rackstraw's came forward stating that he decoded messages allegedly sent by Cooper that have actually seemed to implicate Rackstraw. It's important to note that Rackstraw wasn't just a paratrooper in the, in his military experience.
3: <laughs> Wait, it's hold important on. To n- Hanny, you and Nat are just the same, just like Jason and I are? Just like slow down like a smidge.
1: No, never.
0: I was going to say, you two read exactly the same.
3: You really do. It's so funny.
0: You both read like you're just trying to sprint through the paragraph.
3: So
1: this is this is fun. Fun fact about me: I can't stand when people read out loud to me. I have
2: the same issue
1: because no one speaks fast enough. <laughs> and if you're reading, yeah. if you're reading something that I could be reading, you better be speaking as fast as I can read it. Otherwise, I, I do I'm not want to hear I it out of your mouth, issue. put it in front of my eyes, and I'll read it faster than you. You.
2: I f- can't do being. audiobooks for that reason. I am the same way. You know what it is? I think it's because our speech pattern's very Middle Eastern, so we're just, like, very, like... Fast. On the Now. Today.
1: <laughs> a fellow military veteran of Rackstraws came forward stating that he d- decoded messages I allegedly...
3: Hey, there's a comma in there, real
1: quick. Yeah, I don't like where the comma is, so I've been ignoring it, <laughs> because the comma, the comma shouldn't be there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when we worked together, he would f- literally, no joke edit my fucking comments to him <laughs> all the time. He's like you meant to spell it this way I'm like, I don't f-ing care did you see my message and are you gonna help me? <laughs>
1: no I can't I can't I cannot understand the context of the message unless it's spelled correctly and grammatically correct. <laughs>
2: that is a hundred percent a lie
1: <laughs> A fellow military veteran of Rackstraws came forward stating that he decoded messages allegedly sent by Cooper that actually seemed to implicate Rackstraw. It's important to note that Rackstraw wasn't just a paratrooper in his military career. He was also an explosives expert. So, Cooper was allegedly carrying a bomb, right? That's where the explosives uh, expert comes
2: into it? Okay, that makes sense. Supposedly, but it's unknown if it was actually real or not. I don't know, but if you were an explosives expert, you could make a real-looking bomb that's fake, easily enough to scare people no one's gonna risk if i see someone with a bomb i'm not questioning the legitimacy <laughs> yeah, of that nobody's bomb. gonna
1: raise you yeah yeah you're not you're not thinking rationally at that point
2: right you're like bomb got it whatever you want sir Two hundred thousand. all yours
1: <laughs> a friend of robert rackstraw described him as having charisma to burn and a criminal mind a deputy district attorney well hello
0: i was just gonna say i love that <laughs> uh description charisma to burn
1: yeah
2: isn't would, that Could you describe
1: me as that christopher always oh, not yeah. at all oh
2: Definitely hmm. not.
1: Oh, this is awkward. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> you know who's really charming, though, is actually Ash. It's true. Me? i'm just like really charming. I feel like I'm she's charming? got charisma to burn. Yeah, you're very charming, kiddo. I mean, I
3: guess I make a good bartender. Like people like, yeah, that. it's so yeah. weird. Got like charisma I'll, to burn. I'll be working and people will tell me like the weirdest shit that they probably shouldn't tell me, and I'm just like, okay I just <laughs> have like a face you like feel like you can tell it's, things to.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and
0: I told you to stop going to the bar.
2: Yeah, yeah, he stopped, uh, stop making Ash deal with your sh**.
1: Stop saying weird stuff to Ash. No. <laughs> a friend of Robert Rackstraw described him as having charisma to burn in a criminal mind. A deputy district attorney who had once put charges against him for theft and fraud described the man as a hell of a con man. You'd buy a used car from him every time. I
2: f-ing love that. What a line. That's so good. In like, 1978, really Robert Rackstraw,
1: you <laughs> 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 You come on to my podcast and interrupt me when I'm speaking.
2: <laughs> oh, there is so much bleeping that has to be done in this episode. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> in
1: 1978, Robert Rackstraw was even convicted of having stolen another plane and written fraudulent checks. He would be sentenced to several years in prison for the act. No formal charges were ever placed against him in regards to the D.B. Cooper hijacking, but he definitely made an interesting potential suspect for the identity of the hijacker. Even up until his death in 2019, Robert Rackstraw would make cryptic comments about the story of D.B. Cooper, rather than denying any of his own involvement in the heist. It's almost as if he enjoyed having other people guessing whether or not he was involved.
2: If you had pulled off the greatest heist in the world, like, right, like this epic heist that has literally made you a folk hero,
1: Who's to say I, I haven't? <laughs>
2: I, I, I've i met you. You literally cannot lie. I'm looking at a comment that says, Suspects, Hanny.
0: <laughs> and then in parentheses next to Hanny's name, it says, Charisma to Burn.
2: Yeah, yes. Charisma to Burn.
0: <laughs> I was actually going to say that all tracks pretty easily for me. Yeah. Like, if it's a highly charismatic yeah. person who loves being, like, a, uh,
2: right. a con man, you know. Who lives for it. It's not just, like like, this is a man who, like, it's in his soul to to create the great con, you and know? He and was,
0: he was already in prison for s- trying to steal another plane? Like, yeah, okay. That all makes sense to me.
1: Another possible suspect was that of Richard Floyd McCoy Jr. Similar to Rackstraw in 1972, Richard Floyd McCoy Jr. also decided to hijack a Boeing 727. The same Isn't that a
2: 747? Of...
1: 747?
2: Sorry, I don't know. I it's just... f- What the f- It's definitely a 747. God,
1: I can't work under these conditions <laughs> another possible suspect was that of Richard Floyd McCoy Jr similar to Rackstraw in 1972 Richard Floyd McCoy Jr also decided to hijack a Boeing 747 the same type of plane Cooper had targeted this time the plane was taking after <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> he makes it through all of that chaos, and then the word plane gets him. <laughs> Take me away, <laughs> to <laughs> higher plane. I've got a, pocket, got a
1: pocket full of sunshine, i got a Chris, <laughs> and I know that he's all <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> This time, the plane was taken after having resumed flight after a layover in Colorado on its way to California. Witnesses on board of the flight observed a man holding what looked to be a hand grenade. An off-duty pilot would go and walk towards the man. Realizing that the pilot was suspicious of him, Richard McCoy drew a gun and at gunpoint told the off-duty pilot to give his demands to the pilots of the plane. The demands were given over to the pilot, and so he decided to land the plane at nearby Grand Junction, Colorado, where he would then be able to radio for law enforcement assistance once they were safely on the ground. In order to not start a panic, the pilot of the plane would make an announcement to the other passengers on the plane stating that the aircraft was experiencing a minor mechanical problem and would land shortly. The envelope with the hijack instructions was then opened by the captain as he tried to ease any form of panic that could potentially ensue if other passengers caught on to the hijacking that was currently taking place. What follows is according to the FBI's history of this case. Inside the envelope were two typed pages of highly detailed directions, a hand grenade pin and a bullet. The instructions required the pilot to land at San Francisco International Airport and park at Runway 19 left. There, he was to follow certain procedures which designated the number of persons allowed near the plane at one time and the distance from the aircraft that all vehicles other than those containing fuel were to be kept. In addition, the hijacker demanded 500000 in cash, four parachutes, and the return of all written or typed directions given during the course of the flight.
0: That's smart. Uh, the yeah. returning of all written and typed
1: instructions. Yeah, yeah. Take the evidence with you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's how a lot of people get caught as uh, hand- handwriting matches. Hundred percent.
2: Yeah. Well, fingerprints usually because the fingerprints on the note. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This was the seventies. They didn't have fingerprints back then. That's true. Did. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. The crew decided to comply and notified San Francisco of the hijacking and intended landing. A flight crew member announced to the passengers that the Grand Junction Airport could not handle the necessary repairs after all, and it would be necessary to divert to San Francisco. From this point on, normal operations continued on board. Can you imagine being the passengers where they're like, uh, can't fix the plane
0: here, we're gonna have to fly it to fix <gasps> right. it somewhere else? <laughs>
2: Like, that seems like the worst thing to tell your passengers, in fact. Yeah. We're just going to limp
1: this thing along here.
2: (laughs) Don't look out the windows, folks. Don't look out the windows. It it might
1: get rough, uh, followed by deadly. (laughs) Please be safe. (laughs) (laughs) Similar to the events that unfolded during the D.B. Cooper heist, this hijacking would end with the plane landing in San Francisco and authorities deciding to comply with the hijacker's demands. They brought two bags to the plane containing four parachutes and of course 500,000 in cash. Then the plane took off once more, just like the DB Cooper case. After receiving his $500,000 ransom and the requested parachutes, Richard McCoy then parachuted from the stairs of the 747 Boeing airplane.
2: I was going to say that's so sus. <laughs> Robbing? Yeah, Robbing's pretty <laughs> sus. Good,
1: good observation skills, dude. No, I just mean it. That's what you get after 62 episodes of this show?
3: Okay, <laughs> hey, sibling rivalries to the minimum.
0: Are you okay ish?
3: <laughs> I'm malfunctioning. I don't really know.
1: <laughs> no, same. I've been doing that for
0: years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: People tend to have to disassociate around me, it's fine, I understand.
2: It's it's healthy, it's fine. It's for the best.
1: (laughs) After receiving his $500,000 ransom and the requested parachutes, Richard McCoy then parachuted from the stairs of the 747 Boeing airplane. A few days later, a former acquaintance of McCoy's would notify the FBI about McCoy and how he had concocted a foolproof plan to hijack a plane and collect a ransom. McCoy would subsequently be arrested and charged for the crime after the tip was given. Despite this matching MO, many didn't think that McCoy matched the description of the man from the DB Cooper hijacking, despite the similarities of the two separate plane heists. After escaping from prison in 1974, McCoy was killed in a shootout with police, and with his death, The knowledge of
2: oh my god that's the grossest sound sorry
1: i'm just get used to it i have to vomit up all these run-on sentences you
2: shut your face you shut your stupid little face i'll run on sentence you wait i got 20 you got a lot more run-on sentences i won
1: that's fine After escaping from prison in 1974, McCoy was killed in a shootout with police. And with his death, the knowledge of whether or not he was possibly one of the most notorious airplane hijackers of all time died with him. I think he actually does look like the sketch personally further comments. What? <laughs> that
2: was just a little
3: aside. Yeah. I write notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how He's...
1: scripts work. I just read the words.
3: He's like, I just get paid to be yeah. here and read the scripts. <laughs> I'll make my own thoughts. <laughs>
1: $3,000 booking fee, what do you, like, I don't, <laughs> grasp grasp the gravity of that for your finances.
2: <laughs> I was just going to say I do think he looks like the sketch. Is he one? I don't actually know. I hadn't really thought of that. I just was looking at the picture, and I, I, I thought he looked more like the picture than the other guys did.
0: Well, anyone can wear a freaking hair thing right what are they called oh like wigs
2: yeah (laughs) even in the 70s people could like there was lots of stuff to do like altering of your looks and such so yeah
0: but it's pretty difficult to grow or shrink right
2: yeah that's a good call i don't actually know we'll have to look at that i'm curious
0: What a good name, though. Richard McCoy. I know. And he even escaped from prison.
2: Right. Like, if anyone could have pulled off this. The real McCoy. Oh, wow. Can I help
0: you? Can can I help you? No, that was good. Yeah. (laughs) yeah.
2: I'm just saying, though, like, a guy with this name and this kind of behavior. You have to be
1: a criminal with that name. It's like an obligation. Sorry
3: for any Richard McCoys listening. No, no. It's, It's not against you. No, no.
1: They'll confirm that they are <laughs> doing crime as well.
0: Are you DB Cooper?
1: Oh, f***. Email us at nat at <laughs> crush.com. Nope,
2: nope. Yeah, I was going to just throw out hate is at hate mail at firstencounter.com.
1: More suspects have been put forth over time. A man by the name of Lynn Doyle Cooper being one of these more recent suspects. Lynn Doyle Cooper's niece, Maria Cooper, would come forward to the FBI and report that when she was eight years old, she remembers her uncle Lynn planning something mischievous around the time of the hijacking that would have happened from Debu Cooper. She came forward in 2011 to report that in 1971, she'd heard her uncle say, We did it. Our money problems are over. We hijacked an airplane. The FBI took the lead very seriously after receiving a guitar strap from the Cooper family that had belonged to Lynn in order to try and test for fingerprints. The FBI thoroughly investigated the claim but in the end they would rule out Lynn Doyle Cooper as a suspect. Another suspect is that of William J. Smith, who died in 2018. Smith, having served in the military during World War II, would have been capable of making a parachute jump similar to the one done by D.B. Cooper. He also greatly resembled the actual composite sketch for D.B. Cooper. A data analyst who considered Smith a likely suspect found that the bankruptcy of Smith's employer placed his pension in jeopardy, which may have spurred him to strike back at another corporate player as a means of retribution. Of note, it was found that a member of Smith's high school had shown up on a list for World War II memorials, and that person's name was Ira Daniel Cooper. It's possible that if Smith is, in fact, D.B. Cooper, this high school friend could have been the inspiration for the name Dan Cooper that was listed on the airline ticket. Boom, boom, boom. At this point, I'd like to interject with the missing suspect.
2: There's not a missing suspect. The
1: the grossly missing suspect.
0: There
2: are actually other suspects, but who are you putting up?
1: We hear... Do love and appreciate the hard work that Nat and Ash put into all of their research. Uh, however, we would like to point out that, that we in this case, it. there is a I glaring don't oversight. I not think
2: you two solved this at all.
1: Listener, you may remember at the top of the episode that Nat and I said that we didn't think this case would ever be solved. Nat said that thinking that the case would never be solved ever. I said that knowing that it wouldn't be solved in the future because it had already been solved previously to tonight.
2: What the f*** are you going on about? <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: Hanny, yes!
2: I'm waiting for you to just start some s***! Sh- Chris and I are here
1: to talk to you about how in the year 2003, the hit movie, The Room, hit Hollywood. You're not f- <laughs> me. No. You're this not. This movie no. starred no. a man by the name of Tommy Wiseau. Oh my god, A rich man appeared out of nowhere and decided to make one of the most artistic movies of all time, what might be the biggest Oscar snub in the history of the world. This man... Inexplicably, had six million dollars just to dump on this movie out of nowhere. Not only that, Tommy Wiseau physically resembles the description of (laughs) DB Cooper. He's a tall man,
2: like DB Cooper.
1: (laughs) A tall man.
2: He's dark hair to be DB Cooper.
1: (laughs) The other thing about Wiseau is his mysterious past. Previously to the room. No one really knows anything about where Wiseau came
2: from. He... Is there a problem here? <laughs> oh, it's the picture of Tommy Wiseau. Then it says, to Chris. <laughs> why does Why does Chris have a sign to Tommy Wiseau
1: picture? <laughs> <clears throat> Nat, would you please read the signature on the, the portrait of Mr. Wiseau?
2: What does that say? I
1: can't... Get... It says DB Cooper. It, does not say it says, to Chris, love is blind. Love, Tommy Wiseau. Nailed it.
2: Why does Chris have that?
1: Because Chris is a massive fan of DB Cooper.
3: I don't think And
1: wanted to memorialize this evening. What
3: the f did you. How did this. Happen? Did you print this photo off? And, Handy, did you write that on there?
1: No, Chris actually has a signature. Uh, This is legit? Tommy Wiseau, that is real. (laughs) That is 100% real. Did you guys spend
2: all day plotting this?
1: (laughs) No, this is the first Chris is really hearing of, it. aside from the fact that I said, there's a rumor that D.B. Cooper was Tommy Wiseau, and Chris was like, I'm f***ing it. Yes, there is. There's not. I'm going to do this. In 2014, the webcomic XKCD posted a joke comic comparing the similarities between Tommy Wiseau and D.B. Cooper. And how Tommy Wiseau inexplicably appeared to have Noah with a fuck ton of money to make I a mean, movie. I mean, that
2: is actually true. And
1: makes the room. He has no documentation of his past. He claims that he's from New Orleans, where he clearly has an Eastern European accent. Yeah,
2: he has an Eastern European accent. Fun fact about that. <laughs> he's come with the, like, receipts over here. <laughs>
1: Fun fact about that. Let me, let me pull up my notes. Speaking of receipts oh, here, I have my notes. God, this is
2: the only reason you were willing to we read the damn We just got script. sabotaged, Nat. Yeah. Uh, we got legit sabotage.
0: What did you think was going to happen? I can't believe we left. Bet you didn't see your uh, episode getting heisted. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest crime of all time.
2: No, oh, <laughs> oh, This is all staying in. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, of course
0: it is. That's what it's for. It's everything else that's coming out. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, here's the weirdest part. At one point on the Jimmy Kimmel Show, oh, I feel like I need a disclaimer for this now. Tommy Wiseau admitted to actually being from Europe. Oh, uh, really? After having previously always said that he was from New Orleans, despite having an Eastern European accent. Uh, oh, I guess he just said uh, Poland. Uh, so it. Evidence shows that the best guess is he was born in Poland in 1955, which would make him actually old enough.
2: Oh, that would actually make him legit old enough to be D.B. Cooper. Because 55, 65, 70.
1: He'd be like 17, but...
2: Oh, that's too young. D.B. Cooper was older looking. I don't know. Also, it's uh,
0: estimation, too.
2: Yeah. Oh, right. Because no one actually knows. Dude, he's not that old. He doesn't look that old. But here's the crazy thing. The FBI believed that
1: the moniker Dan Cooper was from a Belgian comic called the Dan Cooper Comics that had never been translated into English. So someone from Europe would have had to have been Dan Cooper.
2: Is that legit that they actually think, I mean, that's Dan Cooper. That's like the most American name ever. That's fine. (laughs) I love that facts just don't sway him. He's like, and? (laughs) What do you want from me? (laughs) I mean, that's that's how I
1: am arguing my case of Tommy Wiseau as D.V. Cooper. Also, that is one hundred percent the only reason Chris and I were here today
2: You guys are such,
1: <laughs> f- that and we love you and respect you and want to support you. But this is funny. I can't I, believe you. Too.
0: I would like to add to evidence, <laughs> please. That the reason I have that signed photo, <laughs> it is a legit signed uh, photo. Oh, and I have it because I bought go- a copy of the room and also his boxers. Wait,
2: what? Is you and what? What? <laughs> yeah.
0: Tommy Wiseau boxers.
2: Wait, what?
1: Don't be jealous. And listener, if you join at the $100 patron <laughs> tier, the Crime Time Nerds $100 patron we, tier, we you can see Chris in his Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait. Problem? Is there a problem, Christopher?
0: I think you have more to read, Danny. I think
1: any. you do. <laughs> no, no, I don't, actually. I do not. Oh, no,
0: it's, it is it Matt. Is me. No, it's back to you. So back to
2: Nat. To try and Came back some form. Yeah, of... can you
0: can you try not to drag the sound? Yeah, no, please. I'm gonna try. It. I can't. <laughs> I can't believe we're oh, still here. Can
2: I? I can. I can. Have you edited these before?
0: <laughs> I'm not editing this. No, it's just I going wouldn't. out.
2: I think just as is. Throw a yeah, throw a yeah. f- soundtrack on there. It's yeah. perfect. I just leave it as is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. F- <laughs> <laughs> oh. In 2016, the FBI announced that after 45 years of being open, it was closing the book on its Cooper investigation due to a lack of resources. The Bureau's existing evidence will be preserved, though. A science and history may need to grow just a bit more before it can truly blow open this infamous unsolved heist. No, it is not Tommy Wiseau, <laughs> Hanny. No, it's not, but it is Tommy Wizo. Is it Wizo? Is that how you say it? Yeah, there's no L. Oh, I want an L on there. I mean, that's
1: also not his real name, because his real name is Dan Cooper.
2: That is not his name! <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you little <laughs> While the evidence is being preserved, one interesting thing is... While the evidence is being preserved, one interesting thing is that Cooper's cigarette butts from the flight, the ones that most certainly would have DNA on them from the infamous hijacker, have gone missing... It's an unfortunate piece of the puzzle that is now missing due to time, as this could have been the one piece of evidence that could potentially give away the actual identity of D.B. Cooper and put to rest hundreds of theories once and for all. (laughs) I'm not saying it. Actually, you know what? I will just for you. You can't disprove it. I can't disprove it. Except, of course... Tommy Weisel. <laughs> oh. He knows what he's doing. The man made The Room. <laughs> the Room was like the worst film of all time. How dare you! You haven't watched any of Neil Breen's films. <laughs> no. Or Birdemic. Oh, no. Civilian detectives continue to pursue leads in the case, however, and perhaps in time, they will put together more and more pieces into the puzzle of just who was D.B. Cooper. The Cooper case has inspired movies and TV shows such as the 1981 thriller, The Pursuit of D.B. Cooper. Documentaries like the History Channel's D.B. Cooper, Case Closed, and an upcoming project produced by HBO and the BBC are both diving further into the case, helping to keep the tale alive in the hearts and minds of those who follow the case. Songs and books have also drawn inspiration from the story of D.B. Cooper. In addition, an annual festival in Ariel, Washington helps keep the interest in the story of D.B. Cooper alive. D.B. Cooper's heist of that 747 Boeing plane has become a legend in the eyes of society. Rather than condemn the robber, instead he is often hailed as a folk hero of sorts. A man who didn't physically hurt anyone that day, but yet still managed to get away with $200,000 worth of cash. Perhaps maybe once in a while, we do root for the bad guy. I, for one, can say I kind of hope that D.B. Cooper is never caught, as then if he was, the myth becomes a reality and we have to all put to rest the story of D.B. Cooper. And that makes me just a teeny bit sad. I still like to think he's out there somewhere smirking and smiling, knowing that he managed to pull off the world's biggest airplane heist of all time hell yeah hell yeah
0: good for Let's him go. maybe <laughs>
2: right
1: yeah I mean, and then he went out to make the room so that's started- <laughs> yeah.
2: not what happened at all.
1: he's
0: basically robin hood except instead yeah, I... of giving back money he gives back excellent oh, yeah. entertainment <laughs> i yeah. don't think yeah. this
2: is i don't i don't have words <laughs> the case came to a close after authorities exhausted all their leads No one would ever know what really happened on November 24th, 1971, and just who the mysterious D.B. Cooper really was, unless new facts emerge as science catches up to the grandiosity of myths and modern legends. And so we conclude this chapter on the case of D.B. Cooper. Thanks for listening to yet another fun episode in our Heist Month series. We will catch you, nerdlings, later. Smell you later, Graham. (laughs) Do you guys Bye. wanna die?
0: I was gonna say, I love that you didn't even give us an outro. You're like, no, I know by the totally... time we reach the bottom of the script, it's done. I
2: didn't actually yeah. realize that I didn't do it until no, just. No, now. that's
0: that's reasonable. <laughs> Respect. No,
2: nope, nope, you guys Chris, Chris loves the power <laughs> move. <laughs> I actually genuinely love your show, so maybe you should plug your show now we can fit it in there.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Uh Chris, where can where can they find us?
0: Uh at one ST encounter pod on Twitter.
1: Oh hell yeah. Just that. Or you can find us No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right, that's right.
2: <laughs> at hate mail dot yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: you can uh, also find us at dub You can find us at patreon.com slash first encounter if you're feeling generous.
2: Thank Smash you guys that so much.
0: YouTube subscribe button. Nat, please.
2: <gasps> oh nah. sorry. That was that was sorry. quite rude. No. <laughs> Chris
0: is trying to how you say scalp your listeners <laughs> smash that subscribe hit the oh, bell icon sh- or whatever the
1: <laughs> yeah and now it's time to spin the wheel of whatever the <laughs> oh my catch you God. next time see you
2: nerds and this is the first and last time they ever did an episode with us please
3: come back <laughs> next week for Nat and I <laughs> for us for Nat and I's <laughs> Nat <Nat's laughs> apology <laughs> <episode>. <laughs>
1: Can't believe you're gonna have to put out a YouTube apology
3: video. I'm legit. Ash and I are we're, gonna ask. we're family, so we like have to release this. Like,
2: oh, we're obligated. Oh.
0: I was gonna say it's only fair that we have YouTube come on. And we would have
2: such good times.
0: <laughs> take over an episode of First Encounter. You Ash, definitely Ash.
2: should. We get to take over an episode. We got to ski. Where are we gonna play? What do we get to play? Do we get to play whatever we want? Monkey ball.
0: Think of, <laughs> I was going to say, think of something that is very self-contained.
2: Like one episode. Yeah, or two. You don't want us, because you're worried that you'd give us a series and we'd take over and everyone would like <laughs> yeah, our series. Yeah, you'd become yeah.
0: too popular. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean, I would be concerned for that too. Well, Ash and I will have to come up with a good game. We'll come up with a list. We'll We'll let you know. Maybe maybe the listeners can throw in some suggestions. Yeah, uh,
0: let us know in the comments below, listener.
3: <laughs> not, not in the comments below. <laughs> Everyone stay away from the comments, please. <laughs> and if you like this episode or any of our others, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We will catch you next time, you crime-loving nerdlings.